السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وله قال رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم زدنا علما All praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Peace and salutations upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi. Peace and salutations upon his family, upon his friends, and upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum. Welcome to each and every one of you. And tonight, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, we will be looking at our ninth lesson and this is the second last lesson of our series Al-Usul Al-Thalatha The Three Fundamental Pillars of Islam And tonight inshallah we will be starting with Al-Aslu Thalith And this section is the third point Which deals with Ma'rifatu Nabiikum Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the third principle or the third fundamental principle deals with knowing or the knowledge of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, I think it was in the second lesson and as well as last week's lesson, we discussed and we mentioned the importance of following the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We mentioned the benefits of following the Sunnah. We mentioned how important it is to follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And in this week's lesson and next week's lesson, we are going to look at just briefly or extremely quickly the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Not even all the main points, just certain main points here and there, according to what the author brings. And my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, it is extremely important that we know who Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is. We cannot claim to love someone. We cannot claim to follow the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but we don't know who he is. We don't know what his name. We don't know where he was born. We don't know where he passed away, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We don't know who his mother was, who his father was. So this is why it is extremely important. Because in our lives that we live today, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, we find that we know the life of soccer players. Of cricket players. Of pop stars. Of movie stars. But yet when we ask about Muhammad peace be upon him. When we ask about the companions of the Prophet peace be upon him. Now we start to stutter. Now our knowledge becomes limited. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide and protect us. The Prophet peace be upon him. He was the one that brought us Islam. He brought us this deen of Islam from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala via Jibreel alayhi salatu wassalam. And the Prophet peace be upon him, he was given the best gift, the best gift, which is the Quran. The book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the uncreated speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the author, he carries on and he says that huwa Muhammad ibn Abdullah, ibn Abdul Muttalib ibn Hashim, wa Hashim min Quraysh, wa Quraysh min al-Arab, wa al-Arab min dhurriyyati Ismail ibn Ibrahim, al-Khalil alayhi, wa ala nabiyyan afdalu salatu wa salam. So now the author, he gives us the Prophet, peace be upon him's name, that his name was Muhammad. Sallallahu alayhi wa The son of Abdullah. So his father was Abdullah. And Abdullah was the son of Abdul Muttalib. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, his grandfather was Abdul Muttalib. 
And then they were from the tribe of Hashim. Or Afwan, they were, or, his, or Abdul Muttalib's father was Hashim. And Hashim was from the tribe of Quraysh. And Quraysh was from the Arabs. And the Arabs, they are the offspring of the Prophet Ismail. And Ismail was the son of the Prophet Ibrahim. May Allah send the best of blessings upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and all of the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The name Muhammad is mentioned four times in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ that Muhammad, peace be upon him, is no more than a messenger. Surah 3, verse 180, verse 144. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the second verse, he says, That Muhammad is not the father of any man amongst you. But know, walakin, that know that he, Muhammad, peace be upon him, he is a messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is Surah Al-Ahzab, verse, one, verse number 40. Again, this is in Surah Muhammad, verse number 2. But those who believe and do righteous deeds, they do righteous good deeds. And they believe in that which was sent down to Muhammad. What was sent down to Muhammad was the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in the last verse, which is in Surah Al-Fatih, the last verse of Surah Al-Fatih, verse number 29, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, <coughs> Afwan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions and he says, Muhammadur Rasulullah. That Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. May the blessed peace and blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be on Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The author he then carries on and he says, وَلَهُ مِنَ That Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he lived for 63 years. Minha and from it Arbauna Kabla Nubuwa and from it forty of this years it was before Prophethood. Wasalatha wa Ishrun Nabiya Rasula and for twenty three years he spent or he was a prophet and he was a messenger. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, the Prophet peace be upon him, he was born in the of the elephant when was he born he was born in the year of the elephant and this was the year that Abraha who was the king of Yemen he sent elephants to come and to destroy the Kaaba and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions to us and he explains the story in surah to feel where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says أَلَمْ تَرَ كَيْفَ فَعَلَ رَبُّكَ بِأَصْحَابِ الْفِيلِ أَلَمْ تَرَ Have you, O oh Muhammad, have you not seen? أَلَمْ تَرَ كَيْفَ فَعَلَ رَبُّكَ بِأَصْحَابِ الْفِيلِ That how your Lord, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how He dealt with the owners of the elephant. أَلَمْ يَجَعَلْ كَيْدَهُمْ فِي تَوْضِيلِ did he not make that a plot goes astray? And this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Ali Imran, وَمَكَرُوا وَمَكَرَ اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ خَيْرُ الْمَاكِرِينَ That they plot and they plan, but know that Allah azza wa jal, he is the best of planners. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, وَأَرْسَلَ عَلَيْهِمْ طَيْرًا أَبَابِيلٍ And we sent against them, or sent against them birds in flocks. 
تَرْمِيهِمْ بِحِجَارَةٍ مِّنْ سِجِّيلٍ Striking them with stones of sijil, clay, small pebbles, as the tafasir mentions. فَجَعَلَهُمْ كَعَصْفٍ مَأْكُولٍ And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, and made them like an empty field of stalks, any of which the corn has been eaten up by cattle. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, the house of Allah Azza wa Jal is protected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are some reports that mention that people approached the grandfather of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they asked the grandfather of the Prophet peace be upon him, are you not going to do anything? Or are we not going to do anything to protect this house? In which he replied that the Lord of this house, meaning Allah azza wa jal, this is his house, this is his Baytullah, this is his Kaaba, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to, and he will protect his Kaaba. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, some of the signs of the birth of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that a light appeared with the birth of the Prophet, peace be upon him, a special nur. This caused the castles of Sham to shine. The idols shook when on the evening when the Prophet, peace be upon him, when he was born. The room in which the throne of the king was, it shook on this night. Some of the balconies even began to fall down. And these were some of the signs of the Prophet ﷺ, night in which he was born. There were maybe some other signs, Allah Alam. And on this topic, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, one also needs to understand that when discussing the birth of Muhammad ﷺ, there is a lot of weak there is a lot of da'if jiddan, extremely weak, and even a lot of mawdu'at, fabricated ahadith, and fabricated stories that is mentioned with the birth of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So one needs to be very careful when reading books of history and speaking about the birth, or in general the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or in general even the ahadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, one needs to be sure that it is authentic, and that it is proven through authentic chains of narrations, and Allah knows best. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he was born in Mecca. The date on which the Prophet ﷺ was born, there is a difference of opinion. Majority of the ulama, they say he was born on the 12th of Rabi'il Awwal. But again, there is a difference of opinion amongst the ulama. The Prophet, peace be upon him, it is confirmed, there is ijma, there is consensus, that he passed away on the 12th of Rabi'il Awwal. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he was born on a Monday. The exact location, the exact location of where Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is unknown. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was breastfed by the tribe Banu Sa'd with Halima bint Sa'diyya. The custom of the Arabs, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, was as follows. The custom of the Arabs was that when the child is born, when the baby is born, they send the baby out with a family into the desert. The reasons for this, a number of reasons, but of the main reasons that they get extremely fresh air and also that they hear the pure and learn the pure Arabic language. Now when 
Halima bin Sa'adiya, when she came, she and whoever came with her, the camel or the mount, I should say, was extremely slow. It was not producing milk. It was extremely weak. They were extremely poor. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was an orphan as well. His father passed away when he was in the womb of his mother. His mother passed away shortly after she gave birth to him. So no one wanted to take Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Halima bin Sa'diyya, they took Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and subhanallah. Subhanallah. All praise is due to Allah. So what happens? We find that the camel all of a sudden, subhanallah, starts to move faster. The camel starts to give off milk. They come home. The grass is green. And this is all from hosting and breastfeeding and looking after Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa The Prophet, peace be upon him, he was also looked after by Umm Ayman. And I would like to narrate to you a story with regards to Umm Ayman. An Anas radiyallahu anhu qala, qala Abu Bakr radiyallahu anhu ba'da wafatin Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam li'umara انطلق بنا إلى أم أيمن نزورها كما كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يزورها فلما انتهينا إليها بكت فقال لها ما يبكيك ما عند الله خير لرسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم فقالت ما أبكي ألا أكون أعلم أن ما عند الله خير لرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ولكن أبكي أن الوحي قد انقطع من السماء فهيجتهما على البكاء فجعلا يبكيان معها سبحان الله أنز بن مالك may Allah be pleased with him he narrates this narration that after the death of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Abu Bakr radiyallahu an he meets Umar may Allah be pleased with all of them and he says to Umar let us visit Um Ayman let us visit Um Ayman may Allah be pleased with her as how Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to visit her as we came to her she wept Yani she started to cry. The two of them asked her, or they said to her, what makes you weep? Do you not know that what Allah has in store for His Messenger, peace be upon Him, is better than this worldly life? She replies and she says, I weep not. I am not weeping because I am ignorant of the fact that what is in store for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the year after is better than this world. There is no doubt. But I weep, but I am crying because the revelation has come. The revelation has come to an end. The revelation has ceased. And this is the reality. With the death of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, with the demise of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we find that revelation has stopped. There was no more Qur'an to have come down. And the statement, it moved both Abu Bakr and Umar. This was Amirul Mu'mineen at the time, Abu Bakr radiallahu an. And when he passed away, this was going to be the next Amir, Umar ibn Khattab. It brought tears to their eyes, and they began to weep with her. You will find this narration in the Sahih of Imam Muslim. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his grandfather Abdul Muttalib, he looked after him until he passed away. His uncle Abu Talib looked after the Prophet, peace be upon him, after his grandfather's death. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he received prophethood at the age of 40. 
the Prophet peace be upon him was known amongst the Quraysh as a trustworthy upright person. The Prophet peace be upon him he never took part in events and practices that were contrary to the Sharia or let's rather rephrase it events and practices that the Quraysh would partake in for example in drinking for example in Jahiliyyah practices Muhammad peace be upon him he never took part in this. The Prophet peace be upon him, he spent a lot of his time in the cave of Hira. And this is the cave where he met Jibreel alayhi salam. The Prophet, the author, he then says that the Prophet peace be upon him, he became a Prophet bi Iqra with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying Iqra meaning read وَأُرْسِلَ بِالْمُدَثِّرِ and that the messenger peace be upon him he was sent as a messenger due to the surah or the opening verse of surah to mudathir يَا أَيُّهَا الْمُدَثِّرِ أو you wrapped in a garment وَبَلَدُهُ مَكَّةِ and his city and his place it was مَكَّةٌ مُكَرَّمَةٌ may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the opportunity to visit Mecca soon and Medina to Nabawiyah. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, it is reported in the Sahihain, in Bukhari and Muslim, on the authority of Urwa ibn Az-Zubayr, that Aisha radiallahu anha, the Prophet, the youngest wife of the Prophet, peace be upon him, she said, the beginning of revelation that came to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was in a form of good dreams. He never saw a dream, but it came true like the bright light. And these were the dreams of the Anbiya. The dreams of the Prophets were that they would always come true. Then seclusion was made dear to him, meaning the Prophet, peace be upon him, he loved to be in the cave of Hira. And he would make ibadah there. He devoted himself to the worship for a number of nights before coming back to his family to collect more provision, meaning he would stay for a few nights in the cave, then come down. Then he would go back again. Then he would go back to Khadija and he would collect more provisions. This went on until the truth had come to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The angel came and he said to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Iqra. He told him, read. With the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he replied and he said that I am not a reader. Ma ana biqari. Jibreel alayhi salam, he then squeezed him. He squeezed the Prophet, peace be upon him, until he could not bear it anymore. And then he released me. And then I said, he said, Iqra, he said, read. And I replied again, Ma ana biqari, that I am not a reader. He took hold of me again. And this happened for the second time. I could not bear it. He released me. He said again, read. I said again, I am not a qari. Ma ana biqari. And this went on for a while. Until he said to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Iqra, bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ عَلَقْ إِقَرَأْ وَرَبُّكَ الْأَكْرَمْ أَلَّذِي عَلَّمَ بِالْقَلَمْ أَلَّذِي عَلَّمَ مَا لَمْ يَعْلَمْ He says to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Iqra, read O Muhammad in the name of your Lord who has created all that exists. He has created man from a clot. Read and your Lord is the most generous who has taught the writing by the pen. He has taught man that which he knew not. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam. Then Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he went back with his heart beating wildly. He couldn't handle this. He, he felt that something evil has happened to him. And he came to Khadija radiallahu anha. And he says to Khadija radiallahu anha, he says to her, Zammiluni, Zammiluni. He says that cover me, cover me. They covered Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Until his fear went away. Then he said to Khadija, O oh Khadija, 
I fear for my life. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, just a point to add. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he goes to his wife. This in itself is a lesson for all of us. That when something happens to us, we're going through difficulty. There's no need to go speak to strangers. There's no need to go speak to the work colleague because she's with me at work for most of the day. Go back to your wife. Go back to your wife. And she is the one that will be able to assist you. And Allah knows best. And then you tell her what happened. Khadija said that nay be of good cheer, O Muhammad, be happy. For by Allah, Allah will never disgrace you. You uphold the ties of kingship. And this again, subhanallah, the wife giving the qualities of a husband, speaking about the Prophet, peace be upon him, that you have ties of kingship. You speak the truth. You help the poor and the destitute. You serve your guests generally and you assist those who are stricken by a calamity. Then Khadija radiyallahu anha, she took Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam to Waraka bin Nawfal, who was the son of her paternal uncle. He was a man who had become a Christian during Jahiliyyah. And he would read and write the Arabic scripts. And he used to write from the gospel in Arabic as well. He was an old man who had become blind. Khadija said to him, O son of my uncle, listen to what your nephew says. And Waraka said, O my son, or O son of my brother, what have you seen? The Prophet, peace be upon him, he said, and he explained to Waraka ibn Nawfal what he saw. Waraka bin Nawfal, he replies and he says that this is the Namus, this is Jibril, who came to Musa. And then he says to him something profound, that had I been young, and I could live until the time when your people will, will drive you out. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he said, will they really drive me out? Waraka said, yes, never has there come a man with that which you have brought, but that he was persecuted. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, there's two points to ponder over here. The first point is, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa he loved his people. He loved them. And he was in shock. He asked him, will my people really drive me out? And the next point, Waraka, he says that your people will definitely drive you out because no man has ever come with this message but that he was persecuted. No man, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam until today, no scholar, no da'i, no student of knowledge has come and called people to Tawheed and called people to the Sunnah but that they will be trampled upon, but that that people will try and ridicule them. Maybe not persecute them per se, maybe not throw them in jail per se, but know that people will try and they will come with campaigns and smearing campaigns against them. And this is why we as Ahlu Sunnah wal Jamaah, we as people that teaching the Quran and the Sunnah we must be strong my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam we must be firm on this path this is no easy path ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for thabat for steadfastness and he said that if I should live to see that day I will support you strongly but a few days later Waraka he passed away and the revelation also ceased for a while and this gave the Prophet, peace be upon him, some more grief. Muhammad ibn Shihab al-Zuhri, he said that Abu Salama ibn Abdul Rahman told him that Jabir ibn Abdullah al-Ansari said that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said speaking of that period when the revelation ceased, whilst I was walking, I heard a voice coming from the sky. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, he looked up and he saw Jibreel sitting on a chair between the heavens and the earth. He said, I felt scared of him. So I came home and I said, 
Cover me. Zammiluni, zammiluni. Cover me with blankets. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He revealed that, O oh, you Muhammad, enveloped in garments. It's Surah Al-Mudathir. Ya ayyuhal mudathir. Allah says, O oh, you Muhammad, enveloped, wrapped around in garments. Kum fa'anzir. That rise up and warn the people. وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ And magnify you Lord. Magnify and praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَثِيَابَكَ فَطَهِّرْ وَالرُّجَزَ فَهْجُرْ And purify your garments and keep away from ar-rujz. And I'm not going to explain about ar-rujz now because it comes... It will be explained a bit later in the text. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, there's always a question that comes up. What is the difference between a prophet and a messenger? The difference between a prophet and a messenger is that a messenger is one to whom a law is revealed and he is commanded to convey it. Whilst a prophet is one to whom the law is revealed and is not commanded to convey it. But this distinction is not free from problems. Because a prophet is also commanded to call people, to convey the message and to judge amongst the people. And this is why Shaykh al-Islam, Ibn Taymiyyah rahimallahu ta'ala, he mentioned, the correct view is that the messenger is one who is sent to a disbelieving people. And a prophet is the one who is sent to a believing people with a sharia of the messenger who came before him to teach them and judge between them. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Surah Al-Ma'idah, verse number 44, that indeed we send down the Torah to Musa, therein was guidance and light by which the prophets who submitted themselves to Allah's will judged for the Jews. So the prophets, my beloved brothers, of the children of Israel judged by the Torah, which Allah had revealed to Musa. And this brings me to another point. With regards to the ayah in Surah Al-Ahzab, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where he says that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he is khatamun nabiyin. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says that he is a messenger. So Allah says that, but he is a messenger. And he is a seal of all prophets. Surah Al-Ahzab. So why did Allah subhanahu or why is it or why was it not said that the last of the messengers because my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam the end of the message does not mean the end of prophethood but the end of prophethood means the end of the message Hence, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, there will be no prophet after me. But he did not say there will be no messenger after me. There will be no prophet. There's going to be no prophet. And sometimes these words, prophet and messenger, it makes more sense in the Arabic language than in the English language because we use the word messengers and prophets interchangeably. Thus, we know that no prophet... No messenger, no prophet after Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will come. He was the last of all prophets and of all the messengers as well. But the message of Islam will continue until the day of Qiyamah. And this is why when Nabi Isa will come back, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Nabi Isa himself, he will come back as a follower of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The author then says, وَبَلَدُهُ مَكَّةِ And his place was Makkah. وَهَاجَرَ إِلَى مَدِينَةِ بَعَثَهُ اللَّهُ بِنَذَارَ عَنِ الشِّرْكِ 
ويدعو إلى التوحيد والدليل قول تعالى يا أيها المدثر كن فأنذر وربك فكبر وثيابك فطهر والرجز فهجو ولا تمنون تستكثر ولربك فاصبر ومعنى كن فأنذر ينذر عن الشرك ويدعو إلى التوحيد وربك فكبر أي عظم وبالتوحيد وثيابك فطهر أي طهر أعمالك من الشرك والرجز فهجر يعني الرجز الأصنام وجرها يعني تركها والبراء منها وأهلها أخذ على هذا عشر سنين يدعو إلى التوحيد So the author he mentions and he says that the homeland of Muhammad peace be upon him was Mecca and he later on he migrated to Medina. Allah sent him to warn against shirk, against polytheism and to call the people to tawheed, pure monotheism. And the proof for this is in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya ayyuhal muddathir, that O wrapped one in garments, Rise and warn. وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ And magnify your Lord. And purify, purify your garments. And stay away from الرجز which means idols. And do not give away something in order to have more. And be patient for the sake of your Lord. The author even says, and I read this, وَمَعْنَا قَوْمْ وَكُمْ فَأَنذِرْ مَعْنَا قُمْ فَأَنذِرْ يَنذِرْ عَنِ الشِّرْكُ وَيَدْعُوا إِلَى التَّوْحِيدِ The meaning of rise and warn is warn against shirk and call the people to tawheed. And magnify your Lord means to glorify Him by the way of tawheed. What better way to praise Allah Azza wa Jal, to glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and to be a muwahid, to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala correctly, and to call people to this deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with proper understanding, and purify your garments, meaning cleanse your actions from shirk. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, how many of us, how many of people that we know have fell into this? They have fallen into shirk without even realizing it. And then he says, and abandon ar-rujz. Stay away from rujz, meaning statues, asnam, idols, false deities, false gods. And abandon means to leave them and free yourself from them and those who worship them. So call people to Islam, call people to the correct tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Give da'wah upon the correct understanding of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ballighu anni walaw ayah. As the Prophet said, that convey from me even if it is one verse, but with a condition that you understand what you are calling to. Sometimes we find groups, certain people, calling to Islam, calling to the deen of Allah, but they themselves do not understand the proper message of Islam. They themselves don't understand the proper deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And sometimes this causes more harm than causes a benefit to the ummah. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, the author says, he remained doing this for 10 years, calling people to tawheed. And after 10 years, he was ascended up to the heaven. Meaning he went on the Isra and the Mi'raj, where the five daily prayers were made obligatory on him. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, the Prophet, peace be upon him, as the author mentions, he called the people in Mecca to Tawheed for 10 years. For 10 years he was calling the people to Tawheed. In today's time, subhanallah, you find people, they will come, they have the audacity to say, is this all you people talk about? You only talk about Tawheed. You only talk against Shirk. You only talk about Bid'ah. The world is going through so much problems. Look at this country. Look at that country. Look where the Muslims are suffering. Yes. I agree. We agree. 
But let us look at what Imam Malik rahimallahu ta'ala what he said. That that which corrected the first of the ummah. That is the same thing or that is the same way and the same methodology and the same manhaj that will correct the latter of the ummah. And what was that? What corrected the first part of the ummah? Was the call to Tawheed? Was Tawheed itself? Was staying away from shirk? Was staying away from bid'ah? This is what the first three generations of Islam was upon. So if you want to correct the latter of this ummah, then go back to that which the first of this ummah was upon. And then Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also, he prayed in Mecca for three years and thereafter he was ordered to make hijrah to Medina. So he prayed in Mecca for three years after he returned back from the Isra and Mi'raj. وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ and magnify your Lord, and the author he says, and glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, عَظَمُهُ بِالتَّوْحِيدِ that glorify Allah with tawheed, وَثِيَابَكَ فَطَّهِّرْ أي طهر, meaning purify أعمال your actions mean a shirk. Whatever actions you are going through, and this actions involve shirk, it involves bid'ah, it involves haram, then purify yourself from this. وَالرُّجَزَ فَهْجُرْ And abandon arrujas. This means statues. Abandon means to leave them and free yourself from any other worship. The author then says, and we mentioned this, he says, أَخَذَ عَلَى هَذَا عَشْرَ سِنِينَ يَدْعُوا إِلَى التَّوْحِيدِ That he called people for ten years in Mecca to the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Obviously this does not mean, my beloved brothers, that after the tenth year, يعني in the eleventh year, he stopped calling people to Tawheed. No. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he called people to Tawheed until the last day, until the end of his life, until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took his ruh. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, and never will your Lord destroy the towns, meaning the people in the towns, until he sends to their mother town a messenger reciting to them our verses, and never would he destroy the towns unless the people thereof, they are zalimun. They are polytheists, they are wrongdoers, they disbelieve in Allah, they oppress people, and they are tyrants. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He also says, وَعَهِدَنَا إِلَىٰ إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَإِسْمَعِيلَ أَنْ طَهِرَ بَيْتِيَ لِلطَّائِفِينَ وَالْعَاكِفِينَ وَالْرُكَّعِ السُّجُودِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says to us in Surah Al-Baqarah, that we have commanded, وَعَهِدَنَا إِلَىٰ إِبْرَاهِيمَ that we have commanded Nabi Ibrahim وإسماعيل and his son, أَنْ طَهِرَ بَيْتِيَ لِلطَّائِفِينَ that they should purify the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that they should circumambulate it. They should make tawaf. And they should stay there in i'tikaf. And they, that they should be bowing and prostrating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the highlight here is that Allah commands them to purify the house. To purify the house from what? From dust from maybe the sand that came from a sandstorm. No, to purify the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from shirk, from ascribing partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The author, he then mentions and he says, عشر, and after this 10th year or the 10th year, عُرِجَ بِهِ إِلَى السَّمَى that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he ascended up to the heavens. وَفُرِضَتْ عَلَيْهِ صَلَاةُ الْخَمْسِ 
and Allah Azza wa Jal has made the five daily prayers compulsory. Or well, this is where the five daily prayers were made compulsory on whom? fi And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he prayed in Mecca for three years. And after this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He told or He commanded the Messenger of Allah to make hijrah to Medina. And hijrah is intiqal. It is to make a movement, to leave one place, يعني من بلد الشرك the place of shirk إلى بلد الإسلام to a place of Islam so this is what the author says so the first point the author he mentions and he says that Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم he ascended and he made the Isra up to the heavens so yeah Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم he was taken on the night journey that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he was taken from Masjid al-Haram taken from Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa and when he was at Masjid al-Aqsa this is where he ascended to the heavens with Jibreel alayhi salam and the story of the Isra and the Mi'raj is an extremely lengthy story. It is documented in many of the other, of many of the books of Ahadith. But the author he mentions one thing, and he says, "Wafuridat alayhi salat al-khams." So a lot of things happened on the night of Isra and Mi'raj. But the author specifically he mentions that this was the night in which Salah was made compulsory. This was the night that we were gifted with a gift of salah, which shows us, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, the importance of salah. And how many verses in the Quran doesn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speak about salah? وَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَةِ And establish prayer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He does not just specifically say and make salah. He says establish it. Meaning that this should be something that is in your life on a daily basis. Five times a day that you are going to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Salah is something that, subhanallah, it is extremely important. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, الأهد الذي بيننا وبينهم الصلاة فمن تركها فقد كفر that the act between us and them the contract between us as Muslims and the kuffar is salah the difference between us and the kuffar is salah فمن تركها فقد كفر and whosoever leaves of salah he becomes a disbeliever and we're not going to go into the details and discuss the matters of fiqh with regards to someone that if he makes salah neglectfully, he makes salah out of laziness, he doesn't make salah at all, etc. But this is the importance of salah that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, فَمَنْ تَرَكَهَا That whosoever leaves of salah فَقَدْ كَفَرَ That he has disbelieved. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, and salah subhanallah, if we were to truly know the value of Salah, as this reminds me of a saying of one of the companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, may Allah be pleased with him. And he said that Salah or in your salah, that is the time where one knocks at the door of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And knocking at the door of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will continue knocking, but know that Allah azza wa jal, He is going to open this door for you. 
So whatever difficulty we are going through, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, whatever hardships we are going to, we are going through, know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will definitely open the door for us. Know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will most definitely open that door. And all that we need to do, we need to keep on knocking. And where do we keep on knocking? Is in our salah. Make dua. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are going through difficult times. We are going through hard times. And who knows? We might even see more difficult times. Who knows? We might even see or go through more hardship. So this is why we need to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our daily salah that knock on that door of Allah azza wa jal ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for whatever you want and know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant us then the author he ends of this piece or this part of our class and this is the last piece he says that hijrah is to leave the place of shirk the place of kufr to the place of Islam the city of shirk to the city, the country of Islam. And the Hijrah, inshallah, we will discuss more next week, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, as the author, he mentions what is the meaning of Hijrah, etc. And this will carry on next week, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. And next week also, like I mentioned at the start, this will be the last of the lessons of Usul Thalatha. Alhamdulillah, we will be completing the book and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for steadfastness. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us success. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our shortcomings. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu wa la ilaha illa. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.